This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Thanks for joining us again at the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you in the studio. And we've got a question that's been submitted, Michael, that I, I really appreciate because we've been dealing with church hurt. And this question is really kind of significant. The question is, what if the source of my church hurt is in the distant past? I'll just speak for me. And I can go out on a limb and say I'm speaking for you too. You can. I know, not because I have evidence, but because I just know in my gut. There are people that you and I have hurt and have never told us. I would agree with that. I'm confident there might be someone from my mid-20s that experienced a pastoral wounding for me. I mean, I'm not saying I'm saying earlier and later, too. I just am confident that they're there, you know? Because we're human beings. We make mistakes. We say things that sometimes we don't realize that how they land. Speak for yourself. No, <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> no. And I think— if there's somebody that I know has been hurt by me, I'm, I think I've pursued them all. Yeah. I think. There are a couple that I've pursued, and I, I let's just say it this way, they haven't been, I believe, straightforward with me. Mm, but that's not, at that mm -hmm. point, I did my due diligence. Yeah. And it's just my gut saying that. I don't think they're lying, per se. I just, whatever it is, like, um, and, and again, I'm not thinking of anything even in the recent past. I think those are, like, kind of farther back, sure. but, but I, I have confidence that I, nobody gets in front of a church and speaks for 45 to 50 minutes every single week without frustrating or hurting somebody. Yes. There's never a moment in a sermon or probably in a meeting where you and I are like, I want to say something and it's going to really hurt them. And <laughs> I, that's the goal. Like, there's just not, but, but we are dumb at yeah. times yes. and we do dumb things. So as I say that, like m my hope would be that if you're listening to this and Tim and I have done something to hurt you, A, we know what we're capable of. Yes. B, that is not our desire. Mm -hmm. C, if even in a moment of anger or frustration where we lacked self-control, which we are both capable of, we did something and we should have known that it hurt you, but right. didn't. I will also say there are times more than I would like to admit where I wasn't aware of how something landed or I thought I left a conversation and I thought we were fine yes. and we weren't. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate when people come back to me because I know it takes guts to go to any pastor to say, hey, you hurt me because yeah. people don't like to be needy or whatever else. And I get hurt. You yeah. get hurt. You yeah. know, yeah. sometimes we need to tell people. So in my opinion, I think you have if it's past like this is church hurt in the past. I think you have a couple options. Option number one is you can't shake it, and it's it's actually affecting you. And you may need to call someone up. They, you might live in a different state. Yeah, yeah, right. And just to have the conversation could be just a really good, life-giving, normal thing. Okay. So you got to be prepared, though, because some people don't receive. I don't know why. I think they should, but some people don't receive <laughs> that well, you know? So unfortunately, you got to count the cost because you may be dealing with somebody who's had – a difficult heart, you yeah, know? Um, yeah. I would hope that if you called me and just said, hey, I can't get over this, like, I would just own it and apologize. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's also a dynamic in that conversation that I think when people are are talking to pastors, and, and Tim, uh, help me articulate this so that I'm not a jerk, but I'm also maybe helpful to our audience And as I say this. I find myself in positions where people perceive me as a position. More than a person, more than a human being. Right. And 
what happens in the conversation is that they say, you hurt me. And I am not allowed. There's like some unspoken rule in people's minds that the moment I disagree with them, I am somehow now resistant and bad, et cetera. Uh-huh. It's interesting because when people in relationship, when one person accuses another person or says, you hurt me, and typically in like really good relationships, what happens is they say, well, before they say you were wrong, you did this, I can't yeah. believe you did this, they, they typically, if they, I think, are kind, will say like, what do you remember? Yeah. What yep. was going on from mm-hmm. your perspective? Right. I actually have to figure out, am I their brother or am I their pastor? Because if I'm their pastor, the only answer they're going to accept is, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I'm not allowed to have an opinion. I'm not allowed to be hurt. I'm not allowed to have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. As a pastor, you're As a pastor, to have a different perspective is to invalidate their wound, and I should have known better, even though I had no category. And those are really hard dynamics. Yeah. At Village, I want to believe and give everyone the benefit of the doubt that I am their brother before I'm their pastor. I'm not just a position. Mm -hmm. Um, I am their pastor, but I want to know that there's something deeper that binds us together so that when my position is gone, right, when I leave or retire or die or whatever, like that if we have to relate to each other, I guess I'm dead, we're not related to each other, but (laughs) but if we have to relate to each other after me, that I'm not just only good for you because of of the position I hold. So in that context, you may find when you call them, if you really love them, you'll give them a voice. Yeah. To say, oh my goodness, like can I like that? Can I say what happened from my perspective? Yeah. and I've been and really, just talk as human beings face to face, right? And say, here's what I'm feeling. What were you feeling? Yeah. So full transparency, we won't talk about what, but right. I called you before we came here. Sure. Right. And yeah. whenever there's miscommunication, mm-hmm. it could go. I know what you did. I know you, whatever. But like in my brain, I'm like, man, I don't know what happened. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, bro, here's what came to me, but what happened? And you're like, oh, here's what happened. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And then mm-hmm. we're like, oh, everything's fine, yeah. you know? And I, th- I think there's just a level of love believes all things sure. and benefit of the doubt and due diligence and respect. Unfortunately, when you're hurt, all those things start to like dwindle and yeah. it's hard to muster that up. And then here's the other category. In my brain, there's like two kinds of pastors that could hurt you. One is the one is the good guy who does it unintentionally, mm-hmm. like we all feel like we are. But then there's the guy who you're like, something's wrong with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. like, they're not okay. I can think of a couple guys in my life yeah. who hurt me. I'm not calling them. Right. I don't trust their character. I don't yep. trust anything about how they're going to respond. Yep. In fact, I know that if I call them, I'm like 98% confident. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. Yep. And you're going to be more frustrated at the end of that conversation than you did at the beginning. For sure. And they're out there. You know what I mean? Like those guys are real and we both encounter them. And I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. We recently did a Overcoming Your Church Hurt class at our church. I should go to that. And yeah, that'd be a good one for you to go to, Michael. (laughs) It was a good one for me to go to, but my... My church hurt is in the past, yep. and I've had several of them, and I immediately went back to 30 years ago. Wow. Was on staff at a church early on in my ministry, just had the first child, Was a Renee was pregnant with the second child, and the pastor of the church literally was starving us out. Hmm. We were getting paid every other month. Wow. And... It was it was an ugly thing. I was on staff with what I thought was my very best friend from college. He was in my in my wedding. He was my roommate in Bible college. He became my close friend, you know, after Bible college to the point where he is the one that encouraged me to come to this church and come on staff. And we made the decision, my wife and I made the decision, hey, we've got to get out of here. We cannot afford to be in ministry when when we're not getting paid but every other every other month. 
And I said to my friend, you know, hey, we've made a decision. We're, you know, we're, we're moving. We're, we're, we're going to leave. And the, the relationship was hurt, hurting right then. I could mm. see that he was like, you're abandoning me. Mm. You are leaving me. And I am now I'm stuck here. Mm. And I remember when we loaded up the U-Haul truck and drove out, he didn't even come to say goodbye. Wow. And he was one of the pastors of the church. Now, I expected it from the lead pastor who was starving us out. I was expecting that kind of treatment, but I was not expecting it from my other pastor, my other friend in ministry. And to this day, I'm still hurting. Now, again, it's 30 years ago. I'm not bitter over that, but that wound is still there. And even telling the story, I know many listeners have those stories that something happened in the past Mm -hmm. at at a church level where a leader hurt you. There are some times that you realize that, you know what? There is no fixing this relationship, this brokenness, this side of heaven. So we got to give grace. We got to say, you know what? Lord, this is on you. This is not on me. There is nothing I can do to make this any better. Mm. And I can learn from it. And, and one of the values that you and I, 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 I greatly appreciate is we understand what church hurts about because we've been on the receiving end. Mm. Sadly, at times, we, we, are, we are on the giving end. But we know how to fight for health, yep. fight for what is right, what mm. is godly, what is good. Mm. And, and because of that, and that's what I would encourage this person what do you do about the church hurt in your past? Learn from it and make sure that you do everything you can mm. to make your new church environment yep. healthy. As far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. What a good, what a good, yeah, just, man, do you ever look back at yourself in your 30s or 40s? And early 50s. <laughs> no, but do you ever look back and you're like, I, I feel like a new man Yes. Over and over again. Yes. You know, like I look back at, I've been lead pastor here for, this is year 11. And I just feel like who I am is year in, year out, so different. Yeah. Some people have told me that when you hit your late 30s and 40s, you're kind of like the change slows down. I'm like, I don't no, know, no, my heart, I don't want to slow down. I don't want to slow it down. I feel like it's hard for me to take responsibility for what I did in my 20s. But I can say, though, that the man I was then is not the man I am now. Yeah, we, we should be continually growing in yeah. the likeness of Christ and, yep. and, and godliness and, and maturity as a leader totally. and as maturity as a person. Yeah, I could imagine someone calls me and they're like, you know— when you were 24, you said this to me, and I'm like, you know, I probably did. I would yeah. never say it to a human being now. Um, I was arrogant and insecure and overcompensating and all the other things that 24 guys, 24-year-old guys who are in over the ministry head right. are. But I can say that, like, I would never want that. But then there's probably some people who I don't even know who they are, but deep down in the recesses of their heart hate me. Yeah. Right? There's this—I hope she never listens, but there's this girl from ninth grade. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Who You're going back a while. Who—just catch this, Right. I, it was I was twenty six or seven, and I saw her brother's girlfriend, and at a mall in Detroit, and I said, "Hey," because I knew her. We were uh-huh. in a youth group together, whatever. And she says to me, "Oh, so and so hates you." Oh, we're talking. I'm in my mid twenties. Wow. This this happened in ninth grade. I'm like, I just started. Like, I'm in the. I, the throes of puberty, <laughs> you know, like, and now we're adults yeah. and um, this woman now hates me. Like, that's like, 
we didn't talk about anything else. She's oh, like, boy. oh man, you know, someone yeah. hates you like with a passion. And I'm like, wow, like that's, that's deep. Ninth grade, I have the ability to create permanent scars. Mm, you know, mm, I wasn't even mm. a pastor. It's just a boy, yeah. you know? So I, you know, anyways, so the, there's another option though. You can deal with it, confront them, talk yeah. to them. And, and honestly, the further away it is, the less confrontation they probably need, the more sure. just information, yeah. give them the opportunity to offer up an apology. Uh, hey, I don't know if you know this. You probably don't. Let me just, you know. The other option is is uh, you figure out how to release it. Yes. And there are some people you'll never be able to talk to. Some people are dead. Um, yeah. Some people have moved so far away, you know, their information. Um, um, some people, it's just not appropriate, you know. Um, and so you got to figure out with the Lord how to release it and not let what they did to you steal another day of your life. That's right. So that's all I got to say. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us today. Please come back again when we answer another one of your questions. Mm-hmm.